And now, making their way into the arena, hailing from the great pro wrestling state of Massachusetts, they are the hosts of the Top of the Cage podcast. Here are Bill and Juice. And thank you again, Rich Palladino, the voice of New England, always making us sound so good. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am the super producer. I am Bill, joined always by my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant. He is the future booking genius and the prince of pro wrestling podcasts. He is Justin Juice Cannon. Boom. Boom, baby. Juice, we are back on the interview train, and tonight we have somebody who I think, we also said it in the interview, it's almost criminal to call him underrated, but he is somebody that within Impact Wrestling has been getting a lot more shine recently, and somebody that I think, and as he put it, isn't going to steal the show, but is going to have the best match on the card. Honestly, I think he has stolen the show a couple of times, because I remember Hard to Kill, his match against uh, Trey. That that was my favorite match in the card, and that was an amazing card too. That was a great show, full of like so many amazing matches. But that's the one I remember the most. But maybe that's what he means by it doesn't he doesn't steal the show because they're so good. And uh, Impact has been on a great run of their special events. Uh, their main big four pay per views and what they call like their Impact specials, which are kind of like. PLLEs, like the lesser pay-per-views, which have not felt lesser by any means. And he's been a big reason that I was so excited to talk to him. And of course, we are talking about Steve Macklin. I don't think we've said that at all during this intro. So I will definitely say that right now. Uh, And Juice, I don't want to hold these people back from this interview any longer. So if you are good, I think we can get into the interview with Steve. Give the people what they want. Okay. I am giving the people what they want, and we will give them Steve Macklin. Hello, listeners at Top of the Cage. I am Justin, also known as Juice, joined by my co-host, Bill, and we got a special interview for you today. One of my favorite guys on Impact right now, the one, the only, just... Just a badass, one of the bad, most badass guys in the roster, Steve Macklin himself. How you doing, man? And uh, before we start, I just want to say uh, congrats on the wedding coming up in a couple months. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the wedding. I know she is as well. I know Deanna is as well. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, too. She's planning it, so I think she's pretty excited. Wow, that's awesome. So I, I know it's – I don't know – you can verify if this is true, true, but it's during like a Marine like weekend and you're a former Marine. Of course, you're excited for that and all your buddies being able to make it. Yeah. It's uh, the date is November 10th for our wedding. So it's on the Marine Corps birthday and that worked in my advantage of booking. Uh, so it was perfect because she got a few dates when we originally planned on the wedding and uh, November 10th just kept sticking out to me because it was a Thursday and we have friends from obviously in the wrestling world and in the Marine Corps for me. So it's like, how do we make it work for everybody to be there? And November 10th just worked out perfectly. And uh, kudos to me on good booking. And it's going to be a fun time. 
So we just touched on, uh, you know, you you are our former Marine. With the Marine style training, obviously, you know, it's very intense, uh, very disciplined. Does that training style influence how you train wrestling? Are you very regimented with what you do for uh, your in-ring style and what you do to prepare for matches? Uh, I think it translates a lot uh, just for the discipline aspect and just understanding the fundamentals. And that's the one thing you learn in boot camp and the one thing you've been in SOI at school of infantry. And then once you learn your trade, me being a machine gunner in infantry, like you learn from the, how to tie your boots all the way to how to disassemble a weapon. And it's the same in wrestling. Like you learn how to lock up, you learn how to get in the ring, how to get out of the ring, how to do certain, just to take care of your opponents that you're working with to not injure them. And I think that's the one thing in advantage where it was one of those things that it was attention to detail for me, but I already had it in tuned into me a little bit. So it kind of helped out get me to where I am now. Uh, but for style in the ring, I don't know. I was always into the brawler type, that stone cold brawling, but then also that the brute force of like a Farouk or a Bradshaw with APA, just that fits my mold. And could I do a 450? Probably. Do I want to? No. Do I need to? No. Just because there's everybody there and not like, where do I fit in? And that's how I look at it too. Is like, what sets me apart from everybody else instead of blending in? I mean, you said it yourself, brawler, brute, brute force style, uh, very tough, very uh, hard nail fighting style. And you're about to be in a very uh, brutal match type barbed wire massacre, the first triple threat of that match and impact. How are you preparing for that? And how are you preparing for uh, Moose and Callahan? I'm excited for it. I get to be in the ring with two people that are former world champions here in Impact Wrestling and uh, for Barbara Massacre in general at Victory Road. I'm going to get cut. I'm going to hurt. I'm going to bleed. Uh, I kind of know that. It's like getting into a knife fight. You're going to probably get cut in a knife fight. It's the same as if you get into a barbed wire match. You're probably going to get cut. So it's one of those things where my head's in that role of, all right, there's going to be some violence and I adapt to violence pretty well and I usually adapt to any opponent I'm in the ring with. And that's the one thing that I think I have going in for this is the depth though that I have. I know Sammy has the advantage of being in three of these, being the Edwards and the one with LAX. And I've been going back and watching a lot of the stuff he's done previously. But then Moose was also in the NFL and he's a specimen of a human being that is the wrestling god. And like I said, they're both former world champions and I'm looking forward to beating two former world champions. And those are mighty big words. I th- those are two guys. I mean, Moose from the athletic and just brutalizing standpoint, and Sammy being you know unpredictable and known for just these hardcore matches. I mean, both of them are big threats. Do you think one is a bigger threat compared to the other in this match? Uh, I think in a triple threat, we're all threats to each other. And even if the other one opponent thinks they're a threat, then you never know where the other guy is. So you have to take care of two people at one time. And I think that's. Uh, I think that's the disadvantage for all of us. So obviously in the past couple of months, you're just in your impact run overall, you've been having some of the best matches of your career. And I know Justin can definitely attest to that too. He's somebody that put me on to you. So I got to give Juice some credit for that. How is that right now going for your current impact run and how does it feel? And you know, what do you credit this breakout to? Uh, just the time that I've had at the performance center and my time at WWE and learning the tools that I had there and from the people that I've worked with there and being in skull sessions and watching film with Sean or Terry Taylor and all my coaches that I've been in the ring with, like Robbie Brookside, Norman Smiley, Adam Pierce, you know, the list goes on. And just all the coaches that I've had to help with and everything I learned there has helped me to get to where I am. With all the no's I was told there, now I'm able to showcase what I am and who I feel I am. 
And it's just, it's a breath of fresh air for me to enjoy wrestling. And that's the one thing I am doing right now is I'm, I'm enjoying my job of being a professional wrestler where it doesn't even feel like work. And it's just, I love pro wrestling. If you don't love pro wrestling, then get out. <laughs> as a fan, like, if you're a fan of not, you're, if you even as a fan go to a show and you weren't a fan beforehand, I'm sure you're going to become a fan afterwards. Same thing. I can tell just watching you, you're having a blast out there. And uh, recently, like, you came out in a pay-per-view with the Punisher war paint. And it seems like that's coming back for uh, a Maybe. Maybe here, maybe Victory Road, Victory or maybe Road. later. Yeah, so Victory Road. Maybe will... you never know. I mean, if the War Paint does make an appearance at Victory Road, uh, how do you think that's going to look with like the blood? Because there's going to be blood. If it's not yours, it's theirs, and <laughs> could be both. <laughs> it could just be more badass looking. What do you think? Probably be more badass looking. I think red on white looks good, but will it be my blood? Probably. Will it be someone else's blood? Definitely. Uh, so we'll have to see at Victory Road. And I just can't wait to see how it turns out. So a couple months ago, we actually uh, got to interview the champion, Impact champion, Josh Alexander. And I I asked him who he saw as his biggest threat for the title that he hasn't faced yet. And I was hoping he'd say you, and he that's exactly what he did. He said Steve Macklin for sure. So He's that, a smart man. Yeah. Do you think that's definitely... After you're done with Sammy and Moose, that's someone you're going to go after? You know, maybe you want Trey Miguel again? What's the plan? Uh, my my goal after Hard to Kill, or not Hard to Kill, after Victory Road, sorry, with Trey Miguel, got me uh, off that. I would love to work with Trey again, but after Victory Road, my, my goal is the Impact World title. Uh, whether it's Josh or if it's Eddie Edwards after Bound for Glory, whatever it be, but do I hope Josh holds on to it? Yes, because that's the match I think people have been wanting and have been quietly talking about it, but now it's kind of out there where I know he wants it, he knows I want that match, because I think that's the one match impact of two talents that you don't want to miss fight each other. I think that the in-ring style that both of you could bring into that match, and I think the story you guys could tell too would be absolutely phenomenal. Um, have you had the chance to work, Alexander, before? Nope, we have not worked yet, not touched, and uh, first time we do work will be the first time we ever touch. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's going to be exciting for sure. And I know we were just talking about that the Impact Wrestling World title is going to be something you're looking forward to. But are there any other goals for the rest of 2022 and going into 2023 for you in Impact? Uh, obviously come out healthy from Barbara Massacre. Uh, get to my wedding without any cuts on this face. Uh, to, I don't want it mangled for the wife to be annoyed at me. Um but no, Barbed Wire Massacre at Victor Rhodes is, is my goal right now and my focus. I always try to be focused on my next match and not look too far ahead. But I know my goal in the end right now, the main goal in Impact Wrestling is the world title. So I know we asked Alexander the question of who he felt was the biggest threat to the world title. But to you, is there any names on the Impact roster right now that you haven't got the chance with to work with outside of Alexander that you'd like to? I would like to work with Chris Saban again. Uh, it was a lot of fun to work with him and Alex Shelley as well. Maybe in a tag match at some point. I have a, a good old partner of mine that uh, he's freed up uh, on his schedule. I know if I called him, he'd become willing to work with Monster Machine Guns. But um, yeah, I would like to work with Chris Saban again. I don't think we have, I think we have a smart finish business there. And then again, Jay White. I did beat both Jay White and Chris Saban at the building. So um that's one of those things I would like to go back into something with that. And then again, Trey Miguel. So you bring up 
tag partner. And we have seen on other places that you have been teaming and even had held a tag title recently in result, uh, Wrestling Revolver. What do you think of possibly starting your own faction in Impact or Tag Team Impact one day? And who are some people that you'd like to bring in maybe that are already with the company instead of the obvious person that it could be? Uh, right now, I, I like being on my own. And Blake and I have actually talked about that because um, he knows what I'm doing and the success I'm having. And that's the one thing that our friendship does is we both we support each other no matter what. And if the time comes where we need to be in a tag team, and so be it. But my days of factions for now, I think, are over because of how the last one ended. Uh, so it's one of those things where it's just so my time. This is Macklin's time, and I'm showing the world that I'm going to do that. I get through the part where I massacre, and then after that, I'm going after that world title, and everybody will know my name. I like that. I think that's the, the answer I was hoping for because as a singles wrestler, you've been on a run, man, and you don't need anyone in your corner. You can just beat the shit out of anyone you want by yourself. You don't need any backup. <laughs> oh, but if I do, I know that I'm phone call away. Yeah, no, you got a great buddy and a guy that you recently won gold with that you know has got your back no matter what. Yeah, he's one of the most underrated out there, and I hate to even say underrated because he's so damn good, and I don't think the world got to see how good Weston Blake is. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's my brother. I think the world will see it soon because he's a guy that I loved for a while too. One of my favorites in NXT when he was around and Forgotten Sons. The reason that I was a big Forgotten Sons at first fan at first was because mainly him because he's just a guy I always gravitated to. Cool. Appreciate that. I'm sure he will too. And it's one of those things where uh, it's funny now, like a lot of people are like, oh, you guys are so underrated. I'm like, really? Because years ago, you used to just boo us and tell us we were dumb. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. The, like, the, oh, now, now you appreciate our work. Going from booing, yelling out, we forgot you. and It's okay. And that's the appreciative. Yeah. The fans are fickle. Fans are fickle. No, it's okay. That's the part of the business. It's the fun part about it. You're going to love me right now. You're going to hate me again here soon. Don't worry. I mean, I'm not fickle. <laughs> or maybe I am. I'm a liar. Everyone's fickle. No, it's okay. Going back to uh, how you came in the impact, what, when in, what went into your decision with the impact? Obviously, Deanna's there, but what were like other big factors that really went in that decision? Uh, my relationship with D'Lo, uh, D'Lo Brown, uh, he's one of the first people that I contacted, uh, well, not even really, uh, right after I came with Deanna, after I was let go from WWE to one of the tapings here in Nashville, and uh, just came to hang out, and I sat with Tommy Dreamer, I was watching at the monitor, and the back end that they have in the little couch area, and we didn't even talk wrestling, we were just talking football and just life. He was asking me how I was because he knows how that how it goes there. And uh, then I sat with D'Lo afterwards, and D'Lo's like, "Would you be interested down the road to come here?" He's like, "I can't say. Uh, I can offer you something, but when is your date up?" Um, let him know when my contract was finally up with my ninety day, and then the rest is history. Just wait it out and uh, getting my vignettes done, getting myself prepared to just get in the zone of what I want to be and show the world what I can be. And that's been the one great thing being an impact so far is showing everybody what I'm capable of, the opportunities they give me, and trying to go out there and not steal the show, but just have the best match on the card. And if it does steal the show, so be it. I appreciate fans say that, but I try to have the best match no matter where I am at in the card and just give everything I have for it. So one thing we can really close out is, uh, of course, Victor Road's the next thing that's coming for impact. But after that is, of course, Bound for Glory, biggest event of the year. 
we already talked about like you'd like to obviously face Josh Alexander, but if you don't face Josh Alexander for the title there, what would you like to do? Maybe call your shot gauntlet or something else? Like what what is your ideal match if you don't get that title match? Well, I won't be able to get a title match. It's uh, Eddie Edwards versus Josh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, No, you're good. You're good. I knew Uh, that, too. Maybe. It's okay. Maybe call your shot as an option. I don't know. Uh, It's obviously whatever Scott Moore thinks I'm uh, I'm ready for. I don't know what the winner gets after this match at Victory Road, other than hopefully uh, some stitches and uh, some bandages to be taken care of a little bit. But, um... And then the clout of being able to say that he beat two former world champions and Moose and Sammy Callahan, uh, and then maybe some whiskey. Uh, but after that, I don't know. We'll get there. We'll find out. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm super excited for uh, everything that Steve Macklin has coming up. Uh, I know we kind of said, you know, calling even calling you underrated too at the same time is, is almost like a, an understatement. I think you said it best, though, not try and go out there to steal the show, but have the best match and you rather definitely have great matches. So that's no doubt in my mind about that. So, Steve, with the last few minutes of our interview here, we like to let the guests kind of plug, promote anything they have going on. Um, obviously, for you, there is plenty going on. Uh, so why don't you let the people know what's up? Yeah, if uh, you want to follow me or don't follow me or want to just slide into the DMs and bury me or bury me in the comments section of all my posts and tell me how awful I am, you can go to at Steve Macklin uh, on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Steve Macklin store, Pro S&Ts, and then Shop Impact Deals as well for Steve Macklin Merchandise. Uh, for donations for charity, I work well with Wishes for Warriors, and it's a charitable foundation. Uh, a few of my buddies run it uh, that I served with, and it set up military uh, members on to pretty much retreats, whether it be uh, riverboat rafting, going out hunting, uh, coming to shows like they did Hard to Kill last year. It funded that for them to come down and be sitting there and was a good opportunity to have a bunch of my brothers there check it out on instagram i have a photo of me and a bunch of my idiot brothers and one of them actually had their leg thrown in the, in the ring uh during the show i want to say when um it was big cast and uh or not big cast uh, william morrissey and um matt cardona and they actually used the leg so it was uh it's a good charity uh so check it out awesome love hearing that definitely love supporting the troops love supporting you guys and and uh plug and promote that for you too all right, Steve. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you tonight. Uh, good luck uh, with the barbed wire massacre match. Uh, I don't want to say you're going to need it, but like you said, you're probably going to come out with a few cuts, maybe a stitch or two. But, you know, I hope you nothing but good health and prosperity for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And uh, sorry again about the Internet connection being so crappy here. You're good. No worries. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's just Bill and Juice again, and that was Steve Macklin. Can't wait to see that barbed wire triple threat. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be brutal. Three of my favorite guys in Impact. Actually, I think with now that Rohit Raju is on the roster, those are my three favorite guys. Love watching them, especially Steve. I really hope Steve, Steve's hinted on Twitter, and he hinted in this interview that the Punisher face paint or some type of face paint is coming back for victory road. I hope that is true because it's badass. It is badass. I think he even said it, or I don't know if he said it or you said it, but like the image of like a white face paint with like somebody or his blood on it, that'd be pretty fucking cool. Oh my God. This would be so sick. I can't wait. 
Yes, and make sure you guys are checking Steve Macklin out on all of his social medias, checking out the causes that he was promoting at the end of the episode too. All the links for all of those things will be in the description of this episode. So please make sure you are checking those out. And again, we wish Steve nothing but the best, not only with his upcoming wedding, but also with the Barbed Wire Massacre match. I know Moose and Sammy Callahan are two very formidable opponents, uh, Moose being the athletic powerhouse and Sammy Callahan just being unpredictable and unhinged and also probably like eats barbed wire for breakfast, let's be honest. Yeah, I think he does. I think I I was at a show once and he was right near me and I think I saw him eat a, a jerky as a snack wrapped in barbed wire. That's some insider information right there. That, you don't get that anywhere else except for top of the cage. And Juice, before we close out this episode tonight, uh, there has been one major wrestling news story, although there's several definitely going on right now, but one major one that happened uh, before our recording. And uh, I'll, I'll just let you talk about it because if I talk about it, I'll be happy. But I don't know if you're happy about this. I am happy. NXT, NXT 2.0 is dead. We're going to... Was it like a yellow and white? Yep. White and not, gold, not baby. Normal black and gold, but um, it's it looks good, looks sleek, and they're just repackaging everything. It was a surprise to me. This well, it wasn't a surprise, but I, I was surprised to get it this soon. And I am happy we're getting it another repackage back to not completely old, but a little more back to the old NXC rather than what we've been seeing. And we also saw, you know, the chain, even though one thing I'm upset about is that the NXT North American champ that will be leading this, um, it's not Carmelo Hayes, my boy, it's Solo, which I was shocked that it was Solo because he um, he just debuted in the main roster. I know he's been he's been the guy that they've been saying that's guy, the guy that's going to beat him, and he was supposed to have a title match with Carmelo, and then that kind of dropped. So... I'm just surprised it happened after the debut because I kind of thought they scrapped him being the North American champ. So what I saw a lot of people saying online, and I think is kind of what my current theories about it is too, is it's going to be a way for them to really merge the main roster and NXT, kind of like give them the same universe, like cinematic universe, if that makes any sense. Like really as a way for NXT championships to be on main roster television, similar to when Kevin Owens came up facing John Cena in the open challenge, never actually faced John Cena in the open challenge, you know, had the NXT championship over his shoulder, said it was more important than the United States championship. Also just gives more fuel to the bloodline fire of their story. Every member of the bloodline, minus the honorary use, Sami Zayn, has gold and... I also think that this is a good way for Carmelo to now go get the NXT championship. Like, I don't think it's going to be very long until he gets the NXT championship. I don't know how you feel about that, but I also see that this could be an opportunity for Solo to get a championship. Bloodline now has championships across all the brands too at that point. Uh, good good opportunity for Carmelo to go to the main, main title picture in NXT. And then if Braun loses, Braun goes up to the main roster. I feel like that's kind of the dominoes that we're seeing falling into place right now. That's a really good takes, and it's kind of hard to argue that. I mean, Braun's got the look, and it seems like he's ready, I think. I mean, I honestly think Carmelo's more ready for the main roster, but if that, but if this means Carmelo's getting the NXT championship, then I'm all on board. Give that man all the gold. 
don't just make him claim he's the A champion. Give him the actual A championship because he is the A champion, baby. He might not have a championship right now, but he is always the A champion to me. I would agree. I love me some Mello. Mello don't miss. And yeah, if, if I see Mello as the NXT champion, I think NXT actually like going into this now new NXT transition, like I found myself actively way more interested in trying to find out NXT post results. Obviously I saw the NXT logo change, like the Shawn Michaels announcement and then like the, the graphic of it changing from 2.0 back to NXT. Like it makes me interested as somebody that's kind of been out of NXT 2.0 for a little while. It makes me interested in kind of tuning back in weekly or at least just following up with highlights. I feel that I've been more invested in NXT ever since Triple H has taken over and he's been hinting that it's coming back, that real NXT is going to, emerge the old one was gonna start the show again yeah i i think i'm about ready to say that triple h has done a phenomenal job running wwe so far and i think that he is i don't i wouldn't call it fan service but i definitely say he's doing what's best for business as the authority would always say yeah i mean so far the only really move that fans have really questioned was when Aaliyah and Raquel won the tag titles. Hey, and now the right people have the titles though. You got to admit. Yeah, now, now the, the right people, people have titles and it seemed like they just didn't want them to have the tag titles going into that Clash of the Castle match and that's why they did it. I don't know. I'm, I'm never going to be fully on board with Aaliyah being pushed because, uh, you know, she seems like a lovely person and she's uh, beautiful, but she is not the best wrestler in the ring and she's not someone I would put a belt on. <laughs> At least not yet, but you know. Well, and as we always say, there's something in wrestling for everybody. So though she might not be your cup of tea, maybe she's somebody else's. Yeah, so. and if if you're a Leah fan, then uh, power to you. I have nothing against her. It's just she's not my cup of tea because I don't. You know, I already said it. I I don't have to say it again. Well, if you want to say it to Juice on social media, Juice, why don't you let the people know where they can find us? Yeah, on Twitter. Uh, capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore, capital P, lowercase O, lowercase D on Instagram. Same thing, but all lowercase T O T C underscore P O D. So yell at me, yell at him. And as we come crashing down to the map on this episode of Top of the Cage, I want to thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you again to Ross at Impact for this interview opportunity. And again, thank you to Steve for his time tonight. And of course, if you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you do not leave us a five-star review, that means that you, specifically you, that person not leaving us that five-star review, will not get five-star content. And that is just a fact. Fact. And again, Thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will catch you next time.